0: Hey friends, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by my friends over at Kent Cartridge. Uh, I've got, a man, I've got a lot of history with this brand. Going back to my college days when I was waiting tables just to fund my duck hunting addiction. That's when I first discovered Kent, and uh, I'd mess around with other brands, cheaper brands, and literally watched the pellets bounce off of green heads. Uh, I found Kent, and I fell in love. And nothing's changed over the last 20 years, except for, well, I'd say Fast Deal 2.0 is even better than the original, and Kent offers a premium shell at a sub-premium price. Check it out. It's Fast Deal 2.0, you can find it at your local retailer. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born and more, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. Once I was a carpenter and man,
1: my hands were calloused. I could swing
2: Good
0: morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 640 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies with you fine folks. So I do appreciate each and every one of you and uh, and I appreciate all of you who, who stopped and uh, said hi at the Texas Trophy Hunters extravaganza in Dallas this past weekend. I was out there most of the day on Saturday, had a great uh, conversation on the main stage. And I think they actually recorded that for the uh, Texas Trophy Hunters podcast. Uh, but as soon as that's posted, I'll, I'll share the link for that if you missed it. Um, and then uh, Sunday, I took the kiddos and actually Aaron went too, uh, family trip. And so that was more of a Chase the kiddos around and watch them look at snakes and hold alligators and uh, eat junk food experience, but uh, awesome nonetheless. They had a blast. They love checking out all of the mounts and blinds. And there was this one company that makes uh, a deer camp trailer out of containers, completely finished out. And of course, they're like, they went in that thing, like, Dad, we got to buy one of these. I'm thinking we need more just like a an old camper. Just one that keeps the mice out. Oh, probably a little more affordable too, but it was pretty sweet, not gonna lie. So anyway, great weekend and don't forget the extravaganza rolls on to San Antonio this weekend. It's at the uh I think it's the Freeman Hold on, I got pull it pulled up right here. The uh Freeman Expo Hall. And that is going on all weekend. So make sure you Head on over there and check out the granddaddy of all hunting shows. And take the kiddos. Uh, Mine absolutely had a blast, as they always do. Uh, What are we doing today? Let me tell you. You know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pull yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee out of granddaddy's beat-up, old Stanley Thermos, because we are ready to rock and roll. And off the top, we're going to kick things off with Kate and Justin Small, who will check in from Idaho and this couple, not only are they passionate big game hunters, but more recently have become obsessed with studying and trapping and hunting wolves. And they're not coming at it from a a standpoint of uh, bloodthirsty. We hate wolves, we wanna eradicate them, no. They're trying to manage these things because they know what's knocking down their elk and mule deer numbers. Uh, And the feds aren't gonna do anything. You're not gonna get any damn help from them. Idaho Fish and Game, eh they try but they also try to keep that out of the public eye and i'm sure we'll hit on their management tools but are idahoans even making a difference like by trapping and and hunting wolves or is the population continuing to skyrocket despite the effort of outdoorsmen and women like kate and justin so excited to talk wolves and predator management maybe mix in some elk hunting uh with the smalls here in just a second And then you might have seen the video of the captain known as Pinky. And yes, I am talking about Captain Brett Reeder who became insta-famous with the viral video of him getting his finger, his pinky finger, literally sawed off by a, I think it was a lemon shark. He owns it, knows he made a mistake. And isn't afraid to make fun of himself, which I, I think self-deprecating humor. If, if you have thick skin, uh, I, you're going to be successful in this world. <laughs> and he certainly fits that bill. Uh, but yeah, did he actually lose the pinky? Like completely? How many stitches did he get? All of that stuff. Recovery process. We'll get into it and uh, and probably have a few laughs at his expense, to be honest. So that's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. I'm certainly excited about it. Let's do a quick giveaway here. How about a a Lone Star Outdoor Show branded camo cap? It's from a previous sponsor back in the day, so uh, you might not even want that brand, uh, but I guess they're antiques at this point. (laughs) But yeah, we'll throw in a Vortex Optics Vortexin T-shirt as well. So a a Lone Star Outdoor Show camo cap and Vortexin. And all you need to do to enter today's contest is just email the words predator management. That's predator management to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com because I'm passionate about predator management. Despite some hunters, well, <laughs> air quotes, some hunters in our industry uh, being completely opposed to it. Uh, maybe we'll get into that. You might know what I'm referencing if you've been following along in social media. And the uh, the whole drama surrounding Texans for Mountain Lions. Well, yeah, there's wolves in sheep's clothing out there. I tell you what, be very wary of what organizations you support. Let's take a quick break. Up next, Justin and Kate Small join us Just on SCI Lone right. Star of Florida. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckens, and turducken rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrissspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door tactical skeleton Firearms specializes in custom ar-10 firearms they're best known for their ar-10 308 pistols also dual caliber ar-10 rifle systems and dual caliber ar-15 takedown pistols tactical skeleton specializes in custom cerakoting engraving and they'll custom laser cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case they'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the ar-10 or ar-15 platform precision machining and hand-built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty who does that Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. The original Texas Hunting Show is back. For 46 years, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza has been the official kickoff to
1: Texas hunting seasons. Visit the world's top outfitters and guides. Get ready for the field with the latest hunting gear, rifles, clothes, and accessories. The granddaddy of them all is back August 5 through 7 in Houston. And this year only August 12 through 14 in Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison. And August 19 through 21 in San Antonio. Get the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza on your calendar. More info at TTHA.com.
3: So, where'd you go, mountain girl? Did you roll off to the Cap Rock City if Idaho Falls can't help you? I don't know what would But God, I hope you doing good
0: Little Shane Smith and the Saints Bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show Presented by Mossberg Firearms Mountain Girl The name of that one I'm Cable Smith Thanks for dropping by today As uh, we're all set to head to the mountains of well, I don't know where in Idaho the Smalls are from, but uh, Kate and Justin Small are set to join us this segment, brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. A lot of outfits talk the talk, but do they really walk the walk? Eh. Mm. Uh, recently, I would say no, they don't. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, BHA. Mm. What is uh, 300 and... billion earmarked for climate change have to do with reducing inflation? Asking for a friend, of course, but yeah, uh, you won't see SCI championing something that is so horrendously horrible for the American people as a win for conservation. Uh, Yeah, that's not who they are. SCI is on the forefront of protecting your rights. Sorry, I got off on a tangent there, but uh, they protect your rights as sportsmen and women. They do it domestically here in the U.S., and they do it internationally. They've got a great government affairs director and Ben Cassidy who is in D.C. fighting to protect our rights every day. I'm a proud member. Uh, I encourage you to check them out. I think it's like 65 bucks to join for the year, and you can do that over at safariclub.org. With that being said, let's bring them on right now. Justin and Kate Small, thanks for being here, guys.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having us.
0: My pleasure. Uh, So where in Idaho are you guys?
2: We're in Eastern Idaho. (laughs)
0: Okay. I've only been to Idaho one time for... Yeah. for I'd love to go hunting there someday. It's one of the few Western places I haven't hunted in, uh, but I did go to Boise for... Oh, I'm ashamed to admit it. It was for a BHA rendezvous a couple of years ago.
2: Uh, well, I'm glad you said you were ashamed. At least. <laughs> <laughs> <I kinda laughs> We've went all to, been there. <laughs> to
0: check it out, you know, more than anything else. And I had my skepticisms, but my elk Honey buddy was, he was all drinking the Kool-Aid. He's like, come on, let's go to rendezvous. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd love to go to Boise again, but I won't be uh, doing anything with BHA.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, actually, it's funny. The guy that I was telling you, who's trying to get uh, mountain lion's like the hunting of them essentially banned in texas uh he is speaking at the upcoming texas bha chapter meeting
2: well it makes sense then doesn't it yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. but i know um obviously idaho has a great hunting heritage what what is your guys favorite thing to hunt
2: man i love spring bear spring bear season's really fun but wolves have quickly become top of the list because they're so hard to hunt
4: yeah, it's definitely the most rewarding to take a wolf, I'd say around here, but I don't know. I, I archery elk will probably always be my top one. I hunt wolves so that I can keep hunting archery elk,
0: really. So. Right. Yeah. I I would say archery elk is my favorite thing to do, which is not it's kind of weird for a flatlander to say, but <laughs> but my experience is much different than yours in, in the fact that I get to go out of state for essentially a week once a year. And if it's a place I've been before, great. Otherwise, it's all digital scouting and pouring over, you know, whatever whatever map application you have on your phone. Um, yeah. But it is my favorite, and I think it's the most rewarding when you do put an arrow in a bull. Yeah, and then, the, then the work starts. But yeah, this year I burned my points in Wyoming, so I think I had five points there. Me and a buddy are headed to Wyoming for the first time.
2: Oh, that's um, so exciting!
0: Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh,
2: we've yeah. never, I've never,
4: I've never really hunted uh, out of Idaho. state. Yeah, <laughs> like we, well, did. yeah, we've we've done. I guess yeah, not really. Yeah. I mean, we shot wolves in Montana, and but you know other than
0: uh, uh, that, let's Yeah, so no ungulates. How easy it is it? How easy is it for a, for a resident to get an elk tag in Montana? Because for a non-resident, it seemed like up until a couple of years ago, yeah. you could get a leftover like over-the-counter tag. In some situations, I don't think that, uh, it's as easy as it was
2: in Idaho. They've really changed the process. Yeah. Montana's get, I mean, pretty much. Yeah.
0: I
4: think, I think Colorado goes down to like, they're dropping their percentage next year to 10% or something like that for, for non-resident hunters. And I get it. You got, you got to look out for your residents. I think it, I think Montana did the same thing last year. Mm -hmm. I think it's gotten a lot harder to get a tag in Montana too. Residents, I don't think that it's hard depending on what you want to do, especially archery. I don't think it's hard to get a general tag, but I wouldn't quote
2: me. In Idaho for residents, all all the -the over-the-counter tags are pretty easy to to get. You're pretty much guaranteed an elk and a deer tag.
0: Uh Okay. Um, Right on. And so you said you've hunted wolves in Montana as well as Idaho?
4: Yeah, we shot our first
0: wolves that we ever shot in Montana. Yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I have killed one wolf. Um, and I was looking at, you know, I went to a trade show and was like vetting all of these outfitters. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, 20% chance that we see a wolf, much less kill it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to spend a week doing that. So <laughs> I ended up going to British Columbia and doing a trapline trip. That's we got, cool. We got uh one wolf, like three links. Bunch of pine martins, um, three or four coyotes, a wolverine, and a fisher. So, oh
2: yeah, man. that's awesome!
0: They were I'd most excited about the wolverine. Yeah,
2: I bet that's yeah. so. Co- that had to have been quite the trip.
4: I was actually, I yeah. saw a wolverine for the well, the second time I guess that I've ever seen a wolverine, which they're pretty rare around here. But I, I was uh, setting trail cameras for archery elk the other day. And I just happened to look down this thick trail that I was walking down and I was like, man, what is that? You know, I kind of thought it was a baby wolf for a second, but it just looked like a, like a roly poly, I guess is the best way I could describe it. Just a big old, you know, close to the ground and it turned broadside and I was like, oh my gosh, I was on the phone with her. I was like, that's a, a Wolverine. And I just dropped my phone <laughs> and I realized I was looking for my phone trying to get a <laughs> video of it. And I mean, it was, it saw me and was gone, you know, faster really? than I can but, Yeah, that was pretty crazy. It was 30, 40 yards probably just walking with its nose down right on the trail I was on, just probably curious more than anything. But
0: uh uh I can say they're they're pretty tough. I shot the wolf was caught in a leg hold from the night before it was still alive. I shot it with the twenty-two, killed it instantly, and I was probably 20 yards away. And then I shot the Wolverine like point blank three or four times it wouldn't die it was just like no, thing that is, will
2: to live <laughs> son
0: of a bitch yeah was, uh, such a cool animal though um so what is describe the idaho season for wolves um and if there's a bag limit
2: so there's right now in there's no season um yeah. really then there's no bag limit because uh-huh. wolves are so hard to hunt as hunters and trappers we can't manage them right now with everything hunters and trappers do. They're so hard hunters. It's less than a 1% success rate trappers. It's about a 30% success rate, but that's mainly the same trappers getting it done. So, um, it's, that's not to say you're going to go out, set traps and you have a 30%, you know, success Mm. rate. Um, so they're trying to figure out more ways. We've gotten more and more liberal wolf hunting laws last year, or I think it was last year, year before last, um, they passed that you could hunt them with thermals that in very certain areas you could hunt them with helicopters, but still we just can't keep up and left unmanaged wolves grow 40% annually. So it's so important that we get out there and hunt and trap them, but Mm -hmm.
0: I don't think people realize how prolific they are. Yeah, at, uh, not only adapting or, or expanding uh, the the numbers in their existing range, but also expanding their range to. I mean, you see them popping up in California and Washington yeah. State. Now has them, you know.
2: So they were introduced in Idaho in 1995. Um, the goal, recovery goal for Idaho, Wyoming, and Montana combined was 300. And right now, the la- latest count was in Idaho alone. We have over fifteen hundred.
4: Right, and they they take that count with it's like six hundred trail cameras, right? And and I have an I kind of have an issue with that because I don't think you could get the number of anything with six hundred cameras in the Frank Church Wilderness, let alone in all of Idaho. It just doesn't make sense to me the way they're doing the counting. I you know mm-hmm. I just I think that that number is probably probably low. Um, they used to count them with a helicopter. And right when they got to about that 1500 where it's like, this is out of control, all of a sudden they changed the way that they were counting them. Um, And I just kind of think they did that for a reason. I don't think they're dumb. You know,
0: I think, they- well, also fuels really expensive. Thanks to our president. So yeah, <laughs> well, this was two,
4: three years ago, but I mean, they spend yeah. enough of our money on other stuff. I just don't
0: think they want the
4: real number out there, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, part of that that 3 that 300 number you mentioned there also was like i think between those three states didn't each state need to have 10 breeding pairs and then they would turn over control which they didn't because it got locked up in court for so long but yeah so the original deal was like this number and this number of breeding pairs and then we'll let the states handle it
2: yeah and it was in Idaho specifically i know because we live here it was um they wanted i believe 10 breeding pairs um uh-huh. and in Idaho alone the maximum recovery goal was one or the recovery goal was 150 the maximum recovery goal was 500 Mm. and now we're three times that and
0: yeah we're behind (laughs) what does idaho fishing game do today because probably seven eight years ago i was at a dsc trade show in dallas and uh, and idaho had a booth there and um i asked the agents and they wouldn't go on the record uh, but they told me we shoot wolves out of helicopters so
2: they they do um they do their best i will tell you that um it's it's through the idaho wolf control board um mm. and when they shoot a wolf whatever they do however they kill a wolf on average it costs them nine grand per wolf to kill which 65 oh, percent wow. of that money is taxpayer dollars mm. Um so they've recently i'm on the board of the foundation for wildlife management which is a nonprofit organization that reimburses hunters and trappers for every legal wolf harvest in Idaho and Montana. And um, you keep the pelt and skull and everything. We just reimburse you. Um, And recently Idaho fish and game has given us grant money um, to help support us. So that's what probably the biggest thing they're doing
0: now in wolf management
2: is helping the foundation for wildlife management.
0: Who's the president of the foundation? I might've had him on the show a couple of years ago.
2: The executive director is Justin Webb Justin and our Webb. Pr- president is Robert
0: Roman. Okay. Justin Webb sounds familiar. Are there other organizations that reimburse hunters or is this the only one?
2: No, this okay. is the only the, one. And it probably so... was
0: Justin. I think yeah, definitely had him on. Well, how, how much money would you say per wolf that you kill, whether you trap or, or hunt it? Uh, how much does that cost you,
3: oh. <laughs> you factor in <laughs>
0: fuel and you know everything uh, it's, else. Always,
4: it's always different depending on you know when the grants come through how much you know how much money there is i shot to um not this last spring the spring before in the frank church wilderness and then they were worth it about a thousand dollars in reimbursement a, a piece uh-huh. um that trip didn't necessarily cost me all, but when you take, you know, a year of of hunting them, uh, it's not it's nowhere close what it costs. And we trapped right. four uh, this last winter,
2: and the money we spent in gas. Yeah, was it was, it was five
4: Then it was only five hundred dollars a piece, so we got the same for four that we got for two. And I'd say that if I took like one year hunting and trapping them. At the gas prices that you're at right now, would probably cost
0: I don't know ten grand, maybe more. Yeah. 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 So it's nice to get a kickback, but it's hardly covering the cost. It's,
2: it's really nice to get one, and it I mean, we'd hunt them without reimbursement, but this weighs just incentive and to kind of help the trappers with their fuel because you have to check the traps every seventy two hours. And so you're out there quite a bit. Um, Like he said, this was our first year trapping. We're by no means trappers. So I don't know how those guys do it. And they're the ones getting it done Mm -hmm. mainly.
4: I think most of the people that are making a difference and trapping a lot and stuff right now are more just doing it, uh, you know, just being good people and doing it rather than trying to make a buck. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm
2: Because, I mean, we do it so our children can hunt. And that's mostly why people hunt wolves is they want to hunt deer and elk.
0: Right, and right.
2: so, and you yeah. want to leave that for your kids or your grandkids, and
0: absolutely, and that's why you know when I set out to find a place to go harvest a wolf, I mean that was the whole thing was like I you know I want to do this because I want to make a difference, and yeah, I went with a an outfitter that took me on a trap line for a week. I learned so much; it was so cool. Uh, and then I took that knowledge, came back here, and started trapping coyotes with awesome. some success. You know, uh, there's definitely a learning curve. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's. I think, and there's so much anti-trapping sentiment out in the general public these days. I see it on on social media all the time. Oh, you assholes, You don't know what you're doing. All you're doing is setting a you know setting a leg hold and just walking away. It's an art form, and it takes a lot of trial and error and a lot of dedication to get to where you're proficient at it.
2: Yeah, you have to get that animal to step in one little area out of mm-hmm. you
0: know <laughs> oh yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah. do you guys just- <laughs>
2: They're talking.
0: <laughs> oh yeah it's they're completely uneducated on it yeah, um, that's what we you- call ignorance <laughs> <laughs> right do you guys use leg holds or snares or both leg holds yeah we use okay.
4: footholds this year um i i'd like to learn to use snares in the future my thing with snares is uh especially the particular spot that we were trapping is I didn't want by catches. I didn't want to, I don't, I'm not out there to get deer and elk. And, and, I mean, it happens like it's almost inevitable. The guys that are really good, it might not happen to as much. Um, but you do hear a lot of guys, you know, that'll catch, you know, sometimes five or 10 deer or something like that in snares and snares kill them, you know, uh, so they end up doing the opposite of what they set out to do. And my thing was like, if I could, if I can learn this foothold thing, um, and just learn different areas and, and see what I, what I see when I'm out there, then I could be like, you know, this is a perfect spot for a snare. I've seen wolf traps here a dozen times. I've never seen a deer go through this whole spot. I just figure in the future, I can get into that and, you know, not have the issue of, of killing deer and elk, you know, with snares. And so mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully in the future I can get good enough to use snares, but right now I just don't feel like I'm there
0: yet. Right. Um, the guys that I went with in in BC they use a combination of both and the only bycatch they ever caught were crows in the in the uh, leg holds where they get they dig up the uh the bait and uh, yeah they were caught. but they never caught anything in the snares other than uh coyotes and wolves and what well, when I was there but there's certainly like I said there's a learning curve they actually started doing that trap line trip because they're they're big ticket they're big money item is their moose guides and in their hunting unit they started noticing like where did all of our moose go
3: yeah
0: and then they were like we have to start trapping wolves to protect our livelihood yeah and uh and then they and then they found out well they could sell that trip because it's awesome you know
3: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay guys we're gonna take a quick break when we come back um i want to talk about your favorite caliber for wolf hunting as well as the wolf hunting master class that you guys are involved in. Uh, That segment of the presentation probably brought to you by Stealth Cam. You know, it's been a couple years since I actually ran my trap line, but when I was, I always put one of the the Stealth Cam cell cameras on each leg hold site. If I caught something, I wanted to be able to head over there and dispatch the animal quickly and humanely, um, and that was a luxury that uh, those cell cameras afforded me. So clearly other applications besides uh, scouting for deer or elk or whatever, uh, or home security, but you can find StealthCam's entire lineup of wireless cell cameras right there at StealthCam.com. We'll continue the predator management conversation with Kate and Justin Small after the break on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Oh,
1: but you can't rub the wind And you sure can't tame a right snake the little West Texas tornado
0: We live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media. And if you're a gun owner and a hunter, and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things, then pff, you're already on the blacklist. You're getting censored. You might not even know it. Take it from me. I had my Instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That kind of stuff doesn't happen over at go wild. It's a community of people who love to hunt fish and cook their wild game. I also love guns. If you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts with that kind of content, just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild.
1: I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here reminding you we're not your typical archery club.
0: We're a -a one-of-a-kind
1: archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by Hunters 400. Hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com.
0: Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. There's a river tumbling down the mountainside. I can feel the north wind blow
3: through the trees and over to the other side. Carry me down to the valley. Be I'm on bound for home
4: back to what I know back to Idaho there's
0: a little reckless Kelly Idaho bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star outdoor show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you and uh, we're gonna head back up to Idaho momentarily to continue our conversation with the Smalls. But first, this segment brought to you by Mossberg Firearms. Built ruggedly American. This is the working man's rifle. It's going to offer optimal performance at a price tag that's not going to kill you. And we all know. I mean, look at inflation. <laughs> We're getting our asses kicked, people. Uh, but yes, the Patriot is uh, a great lineup, whether you want a synthetic or a wood stock. It's got... Calibers ranging from .22 to all the way up to Cape Buffalo Gun, like the 375 Ruger, and everything in between, like Henry's 243 or uh, the Junior 65 Creedmoor that I just ordered the girls. You can find the entire Patriot lineup right there at Mossberg.com. All right, without further ado, let's uh, dive back into our conversation with Kate and Justin Small, who are nice enough to stick around through the break. Uh, When it comes to your success as wolf hunters and trappers, uh, how many have you guys gotten total, Justin? What, like five? Uh, No. Um, I've got (laughs) seven. And I've gotten five. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you all have essentially taken out an entire pack uh, numbers-wise. I think people fail to realize how elusive these animals are, though. So when you do go out, what are the odds that you even see a wolf?
4: Not not many. Not, yeah, I many. think so. <laughs> before I answer that, I'd say the the absolute best wolf hunter I know, not not trapper, best wolf hunter I know averages in the mid to upper 50 55 to 60 days before he gets an opportunity, not before he capitalizes on it, but before he actually gets an opportunity and I'd say that's pretty close. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 40-50 days maybe before I'm like you know, have an opportunity to shoot one. And I think the better that you get, um, the more opportunities that you, that you end up having, or the more you learn about packs and stuff like that, the more opportunities that you get. Um, but I I'd say at least 40 or 50. Yeah. I
2: I mean, wolves have a 250 square mile territory. Yeah. Um, they can travel 10 to 20 miles in a night, and they do. So they're very elusive creatures. While we have a lot of them here, they're elusive, and it's hard for you to keep up.
0: Yeah. um, I, I'm sure you guys know who Luke Sterling is. I went bear That's, right. That's actually... Him.
2: We're going to oh, his okay. wedding tomorrow. That's- oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah, he invited me to come up to Montana and go uh, bear hunting, and I think that was probably four or five springs ago, and we saw more grizzlies than we did black bear um we had a good time he's a good dude i know he had some legal troubles with the elk thing but uh he's taking a lot of heat on social media over that i don't know the details of it but um he he is a really good wolf hunter
2: well he's a good wolf hunter and he's a killer he's
4: a killer in general i think you
0: know i'm not gonna
4: go into the legal thing i think he just uh wasn't paying attention i I, as i've known you know we've known luke a long time i'm in his wedding tomorrow you know yeah or two days or we'll tell him i said
0: and- hey
2: we will that's cool but yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he
4: doesn't have that bone in his body he doesn't need to he's I mean, a he
2: straight killer kill him, so. he doesn't need to i've seen his,
0: his elk uh collection in his in his shed
2: yeah it's yeah. wild And Mule Deer. he
0: is he's he's good at it and dedicated for sure
2: Yeah.
0: um what do you guys know uh zach owens too yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's been on the show a couple times over the years, and I know he's really gotten bitten by the wolf hunting bug. Over the last, yeah, couple it's hard
2: not to when you're just kind of you see your deer and elk go downhill, and now you know there's so many wolves. Mountain lions will kill something, but the wolf will run the mountain lion off that kill, so the mountain lion's having to kill again and again, mm-hmm. and so it's it's so multifactorial in how the wolves have caused. This ungulate devastation. I think
4: I think part of it too is like you see Zach and and guys like that that get just so into it. I think part of it is you get like you get so much better at deer and elk hunting. And I mean, I just don't feel like I've gotten like I know I've gotten way better at wolf hunting, but it doesn't feel like it most of the time. Like most of the time, I just don't get my butt kicked like I do wolf hunting by really any other species of animal that I've hunted yet. So I think that's part. I mean, you see. You know, Corey Jacobson out there doing it all the time. He, you know, guy can call in probably any elk from 10 miles away, but wolves are just a whole different animal, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how good you get at it. They will, they will keep you humble for sure.
0: There's also a myth out there that wolves only kill the old, the weak and the sick. And the, and and the reality is they'll kill a 350 inch bull just as uh, meat is meat to them. They see fur and they attack it
2: yeah they, you know, see, they
4: see something run and they're gonna chase it down it's not their fault it's yeah, just it's what a, they are you know, a, they're
2: a predator and they natural instinct see that they chase it down they they're not even hungry you know they wound it and then they're like oh that was my instinct sorry and they take yeah. off but and- yeah.
4: when we when we trapped those four this year we should have gotten a couple uh about two weeks before they had ran through or a month before they had ran through and they stepped right on the tracks, but traps, but it had rained for like three or four days. And it was like negative 20 degrees outside. And everything was just frozen solid. I mean, there was nothing, everything was Mm wax papered in. It was all perfect. There was nothing that you could have done to keep them from freezing. And, uh, when I was going in to check the traps that day an elk had gone, there was an elk track right in front of me that had gotten away from the wolves, but there was just blood and all the tracks, you know, and I know that elk, no wolf tracks going after it. They had maimed it and then left it. And then that thing walked in front of me and I just felt responsible. I was like, man, had they, when I got up and they had stepped on my tracks, they came down and then got that elk. I was like, if I was better, I would have gotten those wolves and, and that elk would have survived and took it kind of personally, you know, Mm -hmm. but
0: what do you do? (laughs) I mean, so you, you said 40% increase in population every year if they're left unchecked, how many wolves are Idaho residents actually killing?
2: Uh, I, it was, I think last year, I think it was less than 500.
0: Oh, wow. um,
2: yeah. We're, it, it was definitely less than, I think I want to say it was like 482 and I have those exact numbers. Somewhere, I think two but, years
4: ago we broke even, right? Yeah. it's the first time ever that we stopped the increase for like one year. And then the next year we lost it again, you know,
0: mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the wolf hunting masterclass. What is that? Who, what, so, when, where, why?
2: So that was created by Tom Schneider, who's up in Northern Idaho. And he's, I don't know if you know, stuck in the rut and Tom, oh. but he's a another just straight wolf killer. He's really gotten them figured out. And he created this masterclass because I think,
4: I think there was just a huge need for it. I mean, it's actually like, I only have like 5,000 followers or something on Instagram. The amount of messages that I get, not a week, like every single day, people asking questions about wolves is crazy. And I want to, I want to be the good guy and write everyone back. But, um, it gets to the point where, uh, you know, some guys are like, where, where do I go to hunt wolves? And it's like, well, I can't, you know, there's only so much I can do. Like even Mm -hmm. my wolf hunting spots, I'm not just going to tell you where to go just because He'll probably educate them more than anything. And
2: that's the thing, wolves, you hunt them once. If you don't kill him and you educate them, you're never gonna see that wolf again. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So I think he more developed the class to to try and help out those yeah. guys that are out there educating wolves and just cut the learning curve. I mean, those guys like he's spending However many days a year out there, we're spending. However many days a year out there, and you learn with wolves. You learn a lot more from failing than you do from success. But every time you fail, you just made it harder to kill that same wolf. So if Mm -hmm. you can, if we could cut the learning curve at all, that that was the plan with the with the wolf hunting masterclass.
2: And it goes through seasons because their behavior is different with each season. Um, it he hunts in different terrain than we do, so he brought us in to talk about how we hunt them in our terrain um and just it goes over wolf behavior and things not to do um certain scenarios how to call them in if you do call them in just it kind of covers the whole
0: gamut so can you get it online or where where to can
2: yeah so it's all online it's it's almost it's like um like the university of elk Corey jacobson's elk hunting class just it's by mod you Get it online, pay an annual fee, and it's by module.
0: Okay, right mm-hmm. on, right on. Um, you t- you mentioned calling. Is that something that you guys do a lot of? Howling. Um, we've, had, def-
4: yeah, we've had. Yeah, a, we've we had we've had success and and we've had you know the same same thing we were just talking about where you get into it with these wolves and you do something that they've heard before uh, that they recognize and they they'll go gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll turn the other way and and just take off running quite literally you know, it be 1500 yards away, you howl at them and they are just buggying to the next Canyon, you know? Um, so I think it really just depends on the wolves, like, you know, and it depends on when you're going to go out and howl and what kind of a predator call it's all situational. I think that's another thing for the wolf hunting classes. It's, it kind of teaches you those different times where, when to try something and when to definitely not. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So in Idaho, can you use an electronic call? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the 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 guys who are good, the ones who can and have howled them in before, um, are they doing that with their own vocalizations, or do you think they're using mostly electronic calls?
2: So you know, we have I had more success my, howling them in with our uh, own mouths. Luke, but. Okay.
4: Luke does it with his mouth. I do it with my mouth. I'm, don't quote me. I'm ninety percent sure Zach does it with his mouth. Uh, there are guys that I've seen though that have called in wolves using. Uh, I think Rocky Mountain makes one. Uh, there's maybe a couple other people that make a wolf howler and some of those guys use them. I think, um, especially like Fox pro, uh, I, I wouldn't use the howling feature on that. It just, I just haven't had any luck with it when I know there's wolves right there. Um, so I, I wouldn't use an electronic call for, especially the howling portion. Maybe if you're using it quietly as a distress call, it could definitely work. Uh um, yeah. but I, I prefer to do I, I hand call or I use a hand distress call uh, that I can make a bunch of different sounds with that I've used since I was a kid. And then I use my voice for howling. And that's mm. pretty much all I'd ever do. If you were going to use pup in distress or something, probably, a, you know, Fox Pro or something similar would be a good way to go. It's kind of a hard one to mimic. But
0: um, I'm, and this is just in reference to calling coyotes, but I I never have luck with the howling. It's always distress sounds. I mean. It, with
2: coyotes, pup in distress, I yeah, swear distress is our go-to. Are, I don't know. <laughs> really? Yeah, it depends on the time of the year.
4: Sometimes like, you know, when we'll be out, we, we do a lot of thermal hunting and stuff around here for uh-huh. ranchers and stuff that that have problems with cattle. And when we're out hunting coyotes a lot, I, I will get them to come in with vocals normally, but it's it's a long process. And normally those coyotes have been hunted a bunch. And so sometimes mm-hmm. vocals is the only thing that you can do that'll work, you know, they won't come to a distress call or mm-hmm. or whatnot. So it really just depends, I guess.
2: Yeah. It depends yeah. on the coyotes you're hunting or and the wolves you're hunting and what they've been experienced. Yeah.
0: What was your best day on the trap line?
4: This last winter. Yeah. So we, we just started trapping this last winter. So did you get all the, four
0: of those the same day? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you yeah. like a whole pack walked through and you're just picking them off?
2: Yeah. There yeah. were six in the pack and four of them stepped on traps. Yeah. That's awesome. So with this, we like I said, we would never trapped. Um, we got our trapper's license in November. And then we had we met up with a guy who had some traps, at, but he's gone two weeks at every month. And so we were gonna switch off. We'd check him the first two weeks, he'd check them the second two weeks, or vice uh, we... versa. And then I had one of the foundation banquets and there were traps there. So I just bid on those traps and we Set the the traps out, and six weeks to the day we caught those four wolves. Yeah. Wow, wow! Um, but we this was a pack we knew very well. We knew exactly where they were going to go, yeah. what they were doing. We had yeah, exactly learned, where learned we their behavior.
4: The traps, I mean, because we it's big, broken, open country, and so I, you know, we had seen them cross through this same saddle. It just seemed like. They would run any which way for whatever reason, but the same saddle they'd run through every time well, was about, you know, just over three miles snowshoeing. And so every three days, every 72 hours you had to snowshoe, you know, even though I could physically would have been able to see a wolf in a trap, I'd have to snowshoe up there every, every three days oh, to wow. check my traps, you know? Uh-huh. And so it was a, it was a big commitment. We also wanted to go someplace, uh, it was in, a, in the wilderness and we wanted to go someplace where we wouldn't be stepping on other trappers toes and, uh, where we'd be making a bigger difference because nobody's going in for the most part into the, into the wilderness to do anything. Cause you can't take a snowmobile. You can't, you know, there's nothing. There's, there's no advantage to doing it in there other than, you know, those, those wolves aren't as, aren't as well trapped. Maybe I think in years mm. past this, this particular group had been, but nobody had trapped them for the last several
0: years. So, mm. so that, is interesting because, like when I went with the guys in BC, everything was on the snowmobile or out of the truck, um, trapping just off the road. That was more for the lynx and uh, weasel species. But on the wolves, um, they had the luxury of you know putting a, a road killed moose on a sled, taking it into the wilderness, and then setting up. They caught eight wolves in snares And that one. Not, not not when I was there, but their best day. But you know they had the luxury of putting a moose there. And then setting snares, essentially all the way around the perimeter. Uh, and so, you
2: you can bait here for trapping for wolves. Yeah. Um, just where we there's were,
0: certain rules. You got to be your like traps got to be thirty, 30
2: feet, feet away from.
4: Uh-huh. So you're not catching eagles and stuff. like but that. But just where
2: this was, we don't want to snowshoe bait in. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Right. And there we so close. that but that yeah, that so. makes it even harder, you know, um, because uh, like the whole community wants to help these guys catch these wolves up there. So like something gets road killed, a cow dies, you know, whatever. They're like, Hey, come get this thing. And they're more than happy to throw it in the back of the truck and then pull it to, you know, whatever, wherever they're going to put the bait out. And that's that's a luxury, I guess. I never thought about, um, the different ways people have to do it. So, um, what do you guys do with the pelts? Just, do you get most of them? mounted or do you have a couple mounted and do you, right you know, now we just have them
4: all tanned we yeah. we have plans i mean i shot the first wolf that i shot was a, a really big uh alpha female and so at some point when i kill a male that reflects her i mean she was almost like a 100 probably a 100
2: pound female it was
4: really big which is wolf. big
2: you hear people say like these 200 200- 250 pound wolves. They just, they're not real. They're not
4: real. Right. At least yeah. from what I've seen yeah. here. I, I know Kyler Nelson, I think he was saying the biggest one they had ever gotten was like 136 or 139 pounds. That's just. A, wolf can, eat, yeah, it's a huge. wolf can eat 15 pounds of meat. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's one in Fishing Game here that, that was 135 pounds from around here, legitimately 135 pounds, but it says right in there 20, you know, that's 20 or 35 pounds above the average male, uh, yeah. you know, a hundred pound wolf is a big wolf. Um, no so, doubt. I
0: think the one that I got was a female. I, I know it was a female and it weighed 90 pounds and he's like, yeah, yeah. That's and that's a, that's a good that's a size, good size, wolf. size yeah. female. I really, think my so.
2: first one was a female and she was like 75, maybe yeah. 80 pounds. And I'd say that's mm-hmm. about average.
0: Yeah. So. yeah. That, it's like people who are like, oh yeah, it was a 250 pound mountain lion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Sure.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. Sure.
0: But, yeah. Yeah, I mean You'd like 180 a- pound mountain lion is a monster. And- yeah. If you shoot 180
4: or 190 pound mountain lion, it's like you're in the top
0: quarter percent, you know, mm. that'll
4: ever shoot one.
0: So down here where I live, it's like I shot a 400 pounds feral hog. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know of like two that have ever been shot, and I'm friends with the guy that shot them. Uh, and they're some of the best thermal hog hunters in the state. You oh, know, that's so awesome. They just they don't, you know, it's uh <laughs> it's a wives tale. It would be cool to have a whole family. Like a whole pack of wolves mounted though, you know. Like,
2: I know yeah. it would be well, I really want to do uh <laughs> <a, laughs> I know very, expensive. Very expensive. I want Mine, to mine's still with the
0: taxidermist.
2: Have you, you want... seen the soft mounts? Uh uh-uh. uh. They look they're like basically stuffed animals and yeah. you can oh, move yeah. them and they okay, yeah,
0: I have seen play those
2: there. And so I think that's my first thing that just i let let you, let you,
0: you guys, know. guys have kids, just let them kind of play on them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Best
2: stuffed animal you can get. I
0: mean, it's three grand amount of wolf. It's enough just to
4: just to or to full mount of wolf. It's enough yeah. just to, uh, it's enough money just to tan them, you know, like you're already out there spending all this money. And then when you get them, you're spending half the reimbursement money just tanning them. And so you
0: know. my, uh, giraffe is at the tannery right now. Ooh. I, I don't want to know what it's going to cost, but it's not cheap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, please tell me it's a full mount. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. It's just, it's, I'm getting a rug and it's just going to be like the centerpiece of the trophy room.
3: Oh so I,
0: no. I, I my wife was like, we're not putting a damn giraffe in the house. So <laughs> yeah. But I have a funny story about that. I'll tell you off the air about the giraffe. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it's um, one of those
2: off-air stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody
0: didn't want me to shoot a giraffe. Um what and then this I think this is probably the last question I have for you guys. So when it comes to wolf hunting, what is your favorite or your preferred caliber and bullet setup?
2: So my we get this question a lot and before we answer with our favorite caliber i'll just say you can hunt a wolf with anything there's a you know just shoot it in the right spot yeah
0: and why is it a 6.5 creedmoor (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: it's so
4: people people get really hung up on that and i hear you know me and luke will disagree on this luke shoots a 300 rum and uh has forever and yeah. And I dumped my wolf right in front of I've him. I've carried that gun in three. the mountains for a, a couple days. Yeah. Oh, did you? It's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man and I'm just not. And, uh, <laughs> the first one that I shot when I was with him, I shot with a six, five Creedmoor and just dead mm-hmm. instantly. Uh, and then he shot one with a six, five Creedmoor and it got away. And so, you know, he had to shoot it through some brush and everything else. And I think he probably just didn't hit it where he wanted to, you know, and, and it's just how it goes. Uh, Whatever you're going to hit them in the vitals with is probably whether that's a 17 HMR or a 338 Lapua. I mean, whatever you're the most confident because you've
2: seen it. You just said it yourself you shot your wolf with a 22 and it was dead instantly. Yeah. So as long as you hit in the right spot, granted, they are tough animals. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, the will to live is something. But uh, for us, where we hunt, we're shooting long range off um, most of the time. And so, just ballistically, we like to shoot with a seven SOM.
4: Okay. I yeah, shoot, I shoot a set. I work for Divide Gun Company. I shoot a, a custom seven SOM and I shoot a 145 copper out of it. And it's like an 18 minute gun at a thousand yards, you know? And so, it just gives me that little bit of, mine's more based off that than what i'm actually shooting it's it just gives me that little bit of leeway if i'm shooting at a thousand yards and it takes 10 steps i'm still going to hit it you know as where maybe Mm -hmm. the next guy won't with a, you know if it's dropping 26 or 27 minutes or something you know they're going to have much more of an arc at that point than i will so mine's more based off that than how hard of a bullet i'm hitting them with to be honest
0: okay right on right on um, well, guys, I certainly have enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for jumping on and, and talking wolves and wolf management and, you know, why you're so passionate about this. You want your kids to have the opportunity to to archery elk hunt like <laughs> like you live for and like i lucky to get to do uh, for a week every year. But uh, if you want to give your social media accounts so folks can follow along.
2: Um, I'm Kate Small Outdoors on Instagram. And I'm
4: just Justin Small Outdoors.
0: Cool. Pretty original. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been uh, been a treat. Thank you guys so much for the time.
2: Thank you so much.
0: So there they go, Kate and Justin Small. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation and uh, am always up for talking to folks who are passionate about predator management because it is such a viable part of the North American model of conservation. The best in the world. It's the only one that has proven to be successful. By the way, uh, if wildlife has a value, it stays, and uh, and nobody wants wolves eradicated or extirpated again. But they've got to be managed. That's the bottom line. Uh, so don't be one of those. Uh, I'm a hunter, but folks who is against predator hunting. If you if you if that's your mindset might as well be on the other side of the fence. Uh, That segment of the show brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company, America's coffee company. Not only do they have the unapologetic, patriotic swag that you've come to know and love, but they make some of the best coffee on the planet. Whether you like a light, medium, or dark roast, whether you want to grind your own beans, whether you want just ground coffee, or you want a K-cup. Yeah, if you're a Keurig guy or gal, They've got that as well. You can find it all at blackriflecoffee.com. Use that promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout to save 20% off your order. Coming up next, we'll head over to the Florida Keys to check in with the uh, Insta-famous viral sensation, the TikTok superstar Brett Reader, aka Pinky, uh, who recently uh, almost had his finger severed off by a lemon shark, and you've probably seen it. It's been everywhere. Uh, But Brett joins us next on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It's time to tell you about Protect. Products, veteran owned and made in the USA, protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback. And the cool thing is, they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue they also have an easy to use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field for more info head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup that's protect hey guys cable here for cryo and more the one-stop feel-good shop in mckinney texas i've been going there for over a year now all your holistic healing needs with cold, heat, and compression therapy services. And these services, they're the fastest way that I've found to reduce inflammation and to get to the root cause of pain. You don't need to be in pain, though, in order to benefit from these services. Cryotherapy helps with burning calories, optimizing sleep, boosting energy, and much more. I can tell you that's true because I feel like a brand new man every time I get out of the cryo chamber. Uh, Plus, compression therapy helps promote healthy blood flow. Come in anytime before 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Say the words cold outdoors and you'll get $10 off your cryo session. That's cryoandmore.com.
3: And if I ain't sleeping, well, I better be fishing. If I ain't anchored, I will
1: be drifting. But all in doing pretty good since i hit my third
0: coast all right a little larry joe taylor getting us on that island time as we head east to the florida keys to visit with brett reader the uh <laughs> fisherman who a couple well it's been i guess it's been about a month ago when i first saw the video of this angler trying to remove a hook from I didn't even know what kind of shark it was at the time. Turns out it's a lemon shark and literally gets his pinky like just severed right off. He even says it. I lost my, you know what, pinky. (laughs) Uh, But it went viral. It's been everywhere. Uh, Fortunately, there is some good news for Brett and uh, he's here to talk about that experience, which we will get into momentarily. This segment, though, is brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants and the good folks over at Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Okay, let's bring him on right now. Brett Reeder, I promise to uh, be gentle, but welcome to the Thunderdome, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, so you just got back from a, uh, a trip. Now, Where did you go?
1: So we go with the family. We go down every year down to Summerlin Key, which is about 20 miles from Key West.
0: And how long were you there?
1: We rent the house for the month. Um, every now and then, just to come back and get everything taken care of back at the house, we'll come back, and go back and forth. But we luck- luckily get the whole month.
0: And so you're you're from where then? What part of Florida? We're,
1: we're from Manatee County, so in Parish, Florida, just on the south end of Tampa Bay.
0: Okay, I don't know. I guess they probably have manatees there. I think I was. I think my brother played a a soccer tournament when I was in high school. And we went to like Crystal River or something. Florida. I don't know.
1: It's, yeah, be, yeah, that's about two hours north of me
0: it was where the original Hooters was.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, there, there <laughs> and that's is their a claim of to fame. River,
0: yeah. <laughs> but you could go swimming with the manatees there. It was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. So what are the most common species that, uh, that you target? And is it uh, mostly, and, do you mostly do saltwater fishing or you do any, do any freshwater as well?
1: No, we we do freshwater as well. Um, here at home, it's mainly snook trout, redfish, tarpon permit. Um, and then of course the offshore, all the offshore stuff, grouper snapper, cobia. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but then we're down in the keys. It, it changes up a little bit. We're going more for dolphin swordfish, um, and then inshore stuff, tarpon permit, obviously sharks.
0: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, actually went to Florida for my 40th birthday, uh, last August and, uh, fished with captain Mike holiday, um, for snook and because we have snook in Texas, but it's not a great fishery off our coast. I think we're kind of on the fringe of their natural range. Yep. And we certainly don't have the giant ones. So we went to Palm Beach. It was a great trip and we caught I mean, I don't I lost count of how many big snook, but I didn't catch the 40 incher. My wife did. And so I'm getting a replica uh, replica done for her. Not that she cares, but nice. you know, like, I want to have it in the house. Yeah, her. you gotta
1: you gotta have it. Yeah.
0: I looked at Mike and I was like, "How big do these things get?" And he's like, "That big. <laughs> it was like 43 or 44 inches." Oh uh, man,
1: that's a stud. And so you were you were on the East Coast. So we mm-hmm. have on the West Coast, we have we get them that big, but over there, for some reason, that those snook are. If you catch a 40 plus incher, it's going to weigh easily 20 plus pounds and they just get get so much bigger over there than they do on the west
0: coast it was a monster uh and i didn't realize because i had never caught one in texas that those fish don't have teeth they're like a bass so you can uh, oh and that ties into today's conversation because you can actually lip those fish you can Uh, yeah um very cool so what what kind of freshwater fish do you fishing do you do
1: we do a lot of lot of spec fishing a lot of bass fishing uh we're doing i mean we're fixing to get i just got my gator tags in the mail so we've got uh we've got two gator tags coming up in september so Mm -hmm. that's
0: and i see uh you look it looks like you spend a good amount of your fall chasing white-tailed deer for the people listening on the radio or the podcast uh, there's at least four shoulder mounts and a blue wing teal mount back there too
1: I finally, we, we just got moved into this house and I finally got my little cave. I've had, I've had my, I've been very fortunate. I've got a, uh, my dad was a tomato grower for 35 years and we've got a farm that I could hunt just east of here. And, um, and there's some absolute studs for Florida. Those are, those are all, everything you see is all Florida deer. So. Oh, nice. yeah, you know, Got lucky, man.
0: I feel like your deer probably are like closer to, the body size of what we have in the Texas Hill country, like the bucks there sometimes, you know, 120 pounds is a big one. And then you oh. got South Texas, you get a 220 pound deer or, or North Texas where I live, 220, 240 pound buck. It's not a rare thing. Um, yeah. But you guys, well, that, there's guys
1: ahead. here. There's guys here that are just, just east of me. I'd say 40, 40 miles east of me. Uh, and, I mean, they're, they're obviously feeding protein, Mm-hmm. year round. And a lot of these deer have been eating protein their whole life, but I mean, they, they kill some 200 pound deer here, but I would say your average, you know, either public land or average deer that's not eating protein. I would say, you know, one, one fifty would be a, would be a really a good one. one. And I, we've killed some, you know, up in the one seventies, but those are, I mean, those are.
0: Yeah. Far between. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so you became Insta famous about a month ago. <laughs> it might've even been a month. Um, but,
1: and well, sun, Sunday, this coming Sunday will be, will be four weeks. So. Okay.
0: And so first of all, who was recording and who all was on the boat?
1: Yeah. So that was recording, which is that we've talked about this so much. She's my cousin, Courtney, uh-huh. and she gets to come down with us for a couple of weeks there at the end. And she records everything. If it was up to <laughs> me, we there would never, I, I don't take any pictures. I don't film anything, I, but she you records know. everything. And she puts it all in a, in a group text at the end and, and we all get to see cool videos, everything. But but now she just happened to be recording, and and uh, my wife was with me. I've got three boys: I've got a seven, a five, and a two-year-old, and they were all right there in the video. And then I've got another cousin, Rebecca, was with us too. So it was it was a crew.
0: Okay, okay. so so then how does the video make it to social media? Was there any conversation about that? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, because on, on our way back, uh, we got uh, you. Know, on our way back from the hospital, so many people had already talked to Mandy about it just from the family. And we discussed, cause I don't have pr- prior to this, I don't have any social media. I mean, or I, I do, but I don't, I don't go on it. Right. Uh, but, but Mandy was, and we had a younger girl that was with us there, one of my other cousins and and I got to give her credit cause she's our, our social media manager basically. Cause she's like, y'all got to put this on there. This is going to go crazy. If you put it on there and within, she was running out of her room, saying, "You know, as a like ten hours later, it had a million views, and <laughs> you know, every million she'd run out. She's like that two million. You know, every every thirty minutes, there was another million views. It was it went crazy quick.
0: Yeah, well, and I, you know, I I get stuff sent to me all the time, and I don't know who it is or where it's from. You know, I was like, oh, it kind of looks like Florida, but you don't know. Um, and and there wasn't the the way that I got the video, there wasn't any TikTok or Instagram handled. No um and so i put it out there and i was i don't even remember what i said um watch your fingers or something and yeah yeah uh and so what what actually happened you know we've talked about the the, how it went viral so quickly but what happened that day
1: yeah so we when you're out in that area there's i mean there's a couple spots that we always go so it's an awesome little sandbar and the kids get to play around and as you're pulling up to the sandbar there's lemon sharks swimming everywhere and they might be two feet long and they might be six feet long. They're everywhere. And they're not a lemon shark is normally not a, an aggressive shark. I mean, they can be all around you. We swim with them all the time down there while we're lobstering, And it's really not a shark that we're overly worried about. We're more worried about bull sharks mainly. Mm-hmm. But so while we're sitting there, we, we catch barracudas without the kids catch barracudas and tarpon and there's permit around. So we're just, everybody will be kind of booze cruising on the front and we'll have a couple of rods out the back and let them, you know, letting everybody fish so I, this just happened to be near the end of the day we saw a couple bigger sharks so we threw a big bait out and, and it, it didn't take very long and got bit and I was actually explaining to a couple people this is you know this is how you bring them in and, you, know, you want to get the hooks out you want to make sure we get the, the hooks out and and I just I truly just got unlucky because we do it a lot that way and that shark happened to be hooked in his peck fin, in between his peck fin and his gill. Uh-huh. So normally if he's hooked in the mouth, you almost have a little more control over him cause that's pulling so hard on his mouth. But he, since he was hooked in the gill in the peck fin area, he could do everything he needed to do. Plus it was a little bit deeper. So with their tail being in, actually having the water mm-hmm. instead of being shallow, he was able to spin a lot easier. So, so what
0: is the, okay. So what is the proper way to take the hook out of a shark's mouth? Cause I know a lot of people just okay. cut the line. And... Well,
1: see, no, this is, so I'll go through all three scenarios. Uh-huh. Most people just cut the line. Yeah. Well, if you do that and you show people that, like I did on one of my TikTok videos, you get hammered for leaving a, a hook in the shark's mouth. Now here's the crazy thing. How many other sharks did we hook that just cut the line and we never saw them? I don't. I hooked, I hooked a hundred sharks during that month that just cut my hook off. So, you know, it happens. It's going to happen. Right. You got short teeth. If you're not fishing wire, you're going to, you're going to cut some hooks off. Um, the wrong way to do it is to put your hands down near their mouth. Like I did. It's the wrong right. way to do it. The right way to do it, I would say in the most, in the safest way would be a commercial de hooker um i mean they make they make d hookers that are three feet long and you just wrap it around the line slide it down and pop it off that's Uh the correct way to do it that way the shark doesn't have a hook in his mouth and your hands are still intact but
0: yeah but the reality is like you said oh i mean it happens with barracudas too uh they're gonna cut you off they're gonna break you off with those sharp teeth that hook's gonna be in their mouth and it's not gonna kill the fish it sucks it's a you know it's a byproduct of what we do but uh it's not i don't want people to think that these these Big, especially bigger sharks are it's not going to negatively affect them it's not going to kill them they're not going to starve to death but yeah so because, but we do want to get the hooks out if possible
1: absolutely absolutely here's a here's a crazy story We caught a probably a 15 pound mahi that had a jig a clean jig in its stomach and it was it was still eaten so <laughs> I mean I don't know how much longer that if it would have hurt that fish or not I don't know I don't know how long it was in there uh-huh. but it was an actual jig that was in its stomach. It made it all the way down. It wasn't hooked on anything and it, and that fish was still alive and eaten. So it's, yeah, I think a lot of times they can, they can work through it, but you now, I mean, yeah. You, mean you see the
0: happen. the stomach contents of some of these sharks people catch. It's like license plates and all sorts yeah. of weird crap. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't think, I don't think that kind of stuff necessarily is, as fatal, uh, most of the time, but I'm not a, a scientist or biologist. So we'll leave that to them. We are going to take our last break here, Brett. We'll come back and get into the extent of the injury, whether or not you were able to salvage that finger. Uh, we'll hit on your new nickname and then some of the flack that you've been taking on social media as a result of uh, this viral video. That segment brought to you by Vortex Optics. Here's the cool thing. And it's just in time for hunting season. I've got a discount code for you. 10% off the purchase of any Vortex scope. bino. Rangefinder, you name it, anything that you can find at EuroOptic.com. And EuroOptic has FourTex's entire lineup right there on their website. That's 10% off their price, not we MSRP, so love. it's going to be even lower. So check it out. And Use that bad. promo code LoneStar10 when you shop at EuroOptic.com. I'm we'll be right back on the Lone Star night. Outdoor Show.
3: Like a bullet from a gun Knowing there's just one thing I know. I just can't, I'm taking my
0: The biggest and best Texas hunting show is back. The 2022 Hunter's Extravaganza is August 19th through the 21st at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall in San Antonio. Check out Gator Country's live alligators. See the best bucks taken
1: last season in our annual deer contest. Free entry for police, first responders,
0: active military with an ID, and kids under five. Don't miss the 46th annual Hunter's Extravaganza. Details and tickets at ttha.com.
4: time for the radio man we don't need a version. it sounds like perversion
0: oh, see what a that's cross canadian ragweed bringing us back on scis lone star outdoor show presented by mossberg firearms cable smith here with you thanks for being here thanks to brett reader for sticking around as we're about to uh, wrap up the saga of whether or not he lost that pinky and what the uh, the future looks like for him as far as recovery and uh, and whether or not he's been able to, uh, to go fishing once again because uh, that injury was gnarly. Uh, but first, this segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. Check out the 600-pound stand and fill if you haven't already. No more ladders. No more backing up the truck to have to stand on it. Just... Use your own two feet. Fill up the feeder. It's that easy. It's the stand and fill, and you can find the entire lineup of stand and fills at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right, Brett. Uh, well, let's get back into it here, man. You get your hand a little cl- too close to this this lemon shark's mouth, and he basically did saws off your saws <laughs> off your pinky. The the video, your commentary was pretty graphic. I mean, I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know if I would have said that. But again, I didn't, I've also never also had, uh, you know, almost had my pinky severed off. Uh, Yeah. Well,
1: this is, that's another thing I I have never dealt with any sort of social media comments. I've never had, I've never done anything online, so I've never dealt with people just raking you over the coals for everything you do, which is, Hey, it comes with, comes with it. But, uh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of hate for the language in front of my kids. Uh, that was, that was an issue.
0: Let's take a listen to it to really get into the moment, and uh, I did try to bleep out the cuss words. So uh, here we go. Don't buy <laughs> your boat.
1: Don't buy your boat. Damn it! Oh, oh, my God. Oh, I'm my oh, damn pinky. Oh, <gasps>
0: <fuck. laughs> I'm laughing uh, with you, of course, not at you.
1: Uh, well, I, I, I need to try. I need to try harder. But uh, we but all do. One That's was, okay. So, so when it happened, I got a comment on on that video. And a man said, first, you declare you lost your pinky. Now you're telling us that you have your pinky." Well, the story with that is, as he was twisting around, I pulled my hand out, or I didn't pull it out. He let go. Thank God he let go. Uh-huh. He let go. I briefly glanced at my hand as I pulled it out of the out of his mouth. My finger wasn't where it was supposed to be. Yeah, I didn't see it. It was twisted around underneath. Where I could—that's what I saw—is that. Uh-huh. So when I looked at it, yeah. I, I thought it was gone. Well, yeah. they hurried up and got. I had to crank the boat up. I started getting the anchor, and I'm bleeding all over the bo- bleeding all over the boat, and and they finally got me wrapped up. And uh, and uh, probably ten minutes after they got the tourniquet on, we were on the phone with with nine one one trying to figure out if they needed to pick me up where and, or if I needed to drive to the hospital, we're trying to get that all figured out. Well, she opened it up cause they want, they were asking how bad the wound was. So when my cousin Courtney opened it up and it, to see how bad the bleeding was, she goes, Oh my gosh, you do have a pinky. It's still there. It's barely <laughs> there, but it's still there. So I, I'm 10 minutes later. I find out that it actually is still hanging on there.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> And so what was the extent of the damage that this, uh, lemon shark caused?
1: Well, I don't know how graphic you guys want to get on on here, but uh,
0: we, we're not queasy folks over here. So.
1: so they got me in this splint. They want my, I had so much tendon damage that I've got to have my wrist cocked at that angle. So uh-huh. it doesn't stretch the tendons out, but the, the stitches are out uh-huh. still swollen pretty bad, but there was on the top, there was about a hundred stitches between my pinky on the bottom side of my pinky all the way around the top. I mean, this was, this part here was just, uh, there was hardly any skin. You can see all the tendons and the bone and everything, but they've got me see close. There's still a pin. Oh yeah. That's keeping yeah. my pinky in place. Um, and they yeah.
0: expect you to have full mobility of, of everything. And
1: they, they do. So I was at therapy this morning, actually. And for me to be able to do that is a big deal. I mean, I, uh-huh. I haven't moved at all in, in almost, in almost a month. So she got me moving pretty good this morning, loosen it up.
0: Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And so, yeah, I didn't realize that it got more than just your pinky. Cause that's like that, that he cuts you all the way across the top of your hand.
1: And that's, what's crazy is I didn't feel, I mean, it didn't, and that's how sharp their teeth are. I didn't, I felt him grab my pinky. I had uh-huh. no idea that he touched the top of my hand and he, I mean, he just, it absolutely, hamburger at the top of my hand. I didn't even know it.
0: Wow, wow! I learned the hard way with saltwater species with a red snapper because coming from growing up, you know, I was only into freshwater and bass fishing. That's what my dad did. We don't. We're six hours from the coast, and uh so a college buddy, his dad had a, a boat, and we would go out of Borderanzas, And like the first time, okay. I. I ever went snapper fishing. I stuck my finger in its mouth and found out real quick why they call it a snapper. As is, Absolutely. and they only have like a couple teeth, but one of them went right yep. through my fingernail. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my yep. god!" You know, yep. those saltwater species are gnarly. Uh, They'll
1: pop. They'll pop you good. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so what? What were your kids' thoughts on all this? Like, oh uh, man, the
1: kids. The kids freaked out for a second. I got. I mean, like I said my. The first thing I try to do is I don't know how bad it is yet. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I got to crank the boat. I got to get the anchor. And Mandy had to had to almost stop, grab me, and say, "You need to get wrapped up. You're bleeding everywhere. You're freaking the kids out." So she gets both of them up to the front of the boat. And I remember Courtney saying, "You need to talk to the boys because they're freaking out." They, I mean, they're they're on the front crying. And I remember taking my glasses off and telling them, "I'm all set. Uh, You know, it's just a cut. It's not a big deal. I'm going to be fine." And they 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 calm down. Yeah. Man.
0: I can't, yeah. I can't imagine the, the blood obviously freaks kids out for sure. I've got three kids too. I'm just th- thinking uh, we haven't had to deal with that. The The craziest thing I've had happen was right during, right when COVID started, we were going to the deer lease like all the time because there was no school. There was virtual for, for a couple of weeks. There just wasn't anything. And so we were spending, you know, three, four days at a time at the deer lease and I put up some barbed wire around a feeder, keep the cows out. And I just hear my son screaming. I think he was probably seven at the time. And I look back and he's walked into the barbed wire and has a huge gash now over his eye and bleeding everywhere. And so in my I call my wife, who's a nurse practitioner. I was like, at this point, you don't want to take him to the hospital because everyone is at the time being told that everyone's dying of COVID. Right. <laughs> so we're like, I don't want to take him to the hospital. What do I do? She's like, all right go to the dollar general and buy some super glue and super glue. I shut. Glue shut
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So luckily it was on his, on his eyelid above his eye and I glued it shut. You know, she kind of walked me through as we videoed it and really you can't even see the scar. So it worked out, but it freaked me out on the other end of the spectrum is the dad who I'm having to fix up my kid, not the extent of your injuries. But the funny thing was, is then so, so we go to sleep. He's fine. You know, the next morning I wake up and both of his eyes are swollen like, what happened to your other eye and a hornet had stung him in the middle of the night oh. around his other eye <laughs> and yeah. i have this picture of henry sitting there with a thumbs up and he can't even see out of either eye it was like oh the start of covid
1: it's, it's, it's funny stuff right
0: there yep um so how long did it take you to get back on the water
1: i did not go the next day they so the hospital i was in they checked me in about four o'clock in the afternoon which is crazy. I'd never been in a helicopter before. So they, they took me in a helicopter to Miami. It was about 40, 40 minutes to get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, checked me in about, you know, four 30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I was in surgery at 10 30. They released me the next day at about four 30 or five o'clock. We drove back home and, or we drove back to the, to the rental house and the family went out the next day, but I think it only took me one day of rest. And then it's, it's kind of a, our situation down there is it's, it's my boat and I've got, there's a lot of people that are, you know, wanting to go do fun stuff. So I just took my meds and, you know, figured I'd just drive it on. Yeah. 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 But now we, we only missed a couple more days. The, and it was, if you look at the glass half full, the weather was horrible for the last two weeks in the keys for us. I mean, I, I only got to go, we only got to swordfish two days early. Uh, and, and then, after that the wind was blowing so hard that you couldn't go offshore so we spent a lot of time out back and kind of doing the same thing i mean we're going back to that same sandbar a few days later the same area
0: and have you hooked a shark since that happened yeah yeah yeah
1: we (laughs) caught a bunch
0: (laughs) was there any type was there any like moment like where you're just a little gun shy like
1: well that's ptsd
0: from lemon sharks
1: Oh, man, I, you know, and this is, this is probably, I would say it's embarrassing to say, but I mean, doing that stuff is so normal. And I just got unlucky that no, no. I mean, our middle, our middle son, Graham, he, he, we'd hook a shark and he'd run to the front of the boat and say, I'm out of here. But the rest of them were (laughs) fine. But, but no, we actually ended up getting found a bunch of tarp, found a bunch of tarp in that kind of in that same area and big snapper way back, all like backwater snapper. Mm -hmm. It was, it was pretty good after that
0: so i i did see and so um you know i posted the video within rob chapman has a fishing page and he was kind of i don't know if he was in contact with you but he was giving updates on your situation yeah yeah he was and you were kind of just just like you are here today uh you're not afraid to make fun of yourself you know and i'm a big (laughs) fan of self-deprecating humor uh and and if you're in the public eye you it it just comes with the territory you are not the public eye you embraced it, though, which I applaud. Uh, when I reached Thank out to you, you like, sure, I'll come on and talk about it, is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Some people yeah, would be, God. like, so embarrassed that something like this happened to them that they would just go into a shell and, like, kind of oh, give the, the, and, the, and the middle finger.
1: Well, and that's what's crazy about it, too, is, like I said, I've never done this before, and I didn't know how I was going to take the comments. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I have been called a Guggen. I've been called <laughs> a rookie. I've been called, I mean, I, it is... And I've been doing that. I'm 37. I mean, we've been fishing here our whole lives and it just goes to show you, yeah, you know, it, it, it can happen. It's, I mean, it, even, I don't want to say I'm in any good, I'm not, not good at it or I'm not a pro at anything, but you know, you, you just make a, a couple little mistakes in a row and, and you get yeah. caught.
0: But. And so I did read a funny, uh, comment that you made on, on Rob's page. And I think you have a new nickname at the docs. Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, um, I'm, I'm happy that you didn't lose your pinky. Obviously we all are. And that, uh, that you I mean, your attitude speaks volumes about the way, I think the way you approach life and I've, I've said and done plenty of dumb things in the public eye and you just gotta own oh, yeah. it. And yeah, it is what it is. We live yeah, and we just move on. Yes, and sir. Get back in the saddle or get back on the water. So I appreciate the time and I hope that uh, your recovery continues to go swimmingly and uh, that you have a great fall and hopefully put another nice buck on the wall. Yeah, man. So now you're Insta famous and tick tocking. So where can uh, folks go follow you?
1: Oh, so it's hard. It's hard for me because my, it was all on my wife's page, which it's at reader Mandy with two Y's. Uh but it's so frustrating because they keep taking our videos down they let everybody else put them up. We tried to. We we put one the other day of taking stitches out, and there's a bunch of other videos of people oh. taking stitches out, and they took ours down. So she's on been TikTok on TikTok, yeah. So okay,
0: I'm not on the TikTok, so I'm just on Instagram and Facebook. I well, but
1: I'll I'll tell you what I, I don't know it. B- Mandy just our, handed him
0: a notepad with his own yeah. social media stuff. So. Yeah, because I, like I said, <laughs> this is this is all
1: new to me. On Instagram, it's at Reader Brett with okay. three T's. Hold You're on right. a second.
0: Okay, I'm reading the note she's showing for TikTok. It's B Reader 1459. And okay, your Instagram Reader Brett with three T's. Okay, got it. Perfect. Well, Jeez. thanks, Mandy, for that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. What would I What would I do without her? <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah, I'd be lost without mine too. Um, well, hey, you guys have a good one. Thanks again for the time. Yes, sir. You too. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks. So there you have it, Brett, aka Pinky Reader. Uh, expected to make a full recovery that's great news and uh, like I said, what a refreshing take on or outlook on on life. Um, we all do dumb things. How do we respond is really the question and uh, he, he certainly seems like a stand-up guy and uh, someone who's not afraid to poke fun at himself, which I think is an admirable trait in a world where everybody seems to get butt hurt over the slightest thing so, uh, kudos to Brett, and uh, certainly appreciate him jumping on the show today. Uh, that segment brought to you by Numa, geared for the outdoors. I've told you that Numa guarantees their hunting apparel for life. That's insane because when I think about what gear I treat the worst, I mean, it's got to be my clothes, like crawling around through briars, hopping over barbed wire fences, climbing up tree stands. Everything is trying to snag, tear, rip, entangle, whatever, my hunting clothes. And NUMA guarantees it for life. Crazy. Uh, Here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% on your entire NUMA order with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at NUMAoutdoors.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Thanks to Brett as well as Kate and Justin Small. Uh, Thanks to you guys and gals for tuning in. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors.